Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and today we are speaking with Justin Wynn, CEO of Get Your Grind Up. No one would have thought Justin would be making the decisions that he had made over the past year. A former 4.0 student with numerous Fortune 150 internships, it seemed certain he would be heading down the corporate path. He received a job offer from one of the most prestigious accounting firms to do consulting, and he turned it down. Today, Justin is on a journey to bridge the gap between being a student and entering the real world. The son of two Vietnamese refugees, he was pushed down three career paths to become a doctor, lawyer, or engineer. He never knew there were any other industries until it was too late in his college career. His goal is to show students what they don't know about the real world. So once they walk across that stage, they have realistic expectations on what life looks like after school. Welcome, Justin Wynn. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. We're so happy to have you on our podcast. Are you ready to pour into our listeners? 100%. Can't wait. Perfect. All right. So Justin, can you tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now? Yeah. So right now I'm the CEO of Get Your Grind Up and a co-host of the Young and Dumb podcast where dumb stands for dedicated, up and coming, motivated and bold. And basically Mm. what I'm trying to do is really bridge that gap between the millennial and Gen Z generations with the older generations that tend to give us some bad reputations of being lazy and entitled. And I think we're doing a whole lot of things. So with my podcast, I highlight uh, individuals who are succeeding, um, going down the non-traditional paths. So think of people who are entrepreneurs, Instagram influencers, YouTubers, esports gamers, etc. And then with Get Your Grind Up, I'm showcasing tips and tricks on how I was able to get a 4.0 GPA, getting multiple internships at Fortune 150 companies, getting a job offer upon graduation at one of the most prestigious accounting firms in the U.S. So basically, we're trying to combine both paths into one to really help students transition into the quote unquote real world a lot easier. I love what you're doing because there's certainly a need. And do you find at the same time as you're trying to connect with the older generation, do you find yourself also seeing the qualities that they have to offer? Yeah, of course. Like I understand their side of the argument of saying that we're lazy and entitled because Mm -hmm. even sometimes when I look at some of the biggest names from my generation, the KSIs, the Logan Pauls, the Jake Pauls, the ninjas of the world where it seems like they're not doing very much on the outside or they're, it just seems like they're creating video content on the internet and they're getting paid millions of dollars for it. But I didn't appreciate it until I started doing it myself. And for instance, for me, sometimes a one to three minute video on LinkedIn will take me an hour to two hours to edit up. 
and I don't even do any crazy editing. So when I started to appreciate that side of like how much time and effort gets put into some of these films that these young adults are making, it really helped me to understand. And that's what I really want to showcase both to the older generation and the younger generations too, because the younger generations think that everyone can be a YouTube influencer, everyone can be an Instagram influencer, et cetera. And they think it's very easy, but in reality, you have to put in tens of thousands of hours into it before you can get really good at it. Um, it doesn't happen just overnight. So my job, honestly, is explaining it to the older generation, mm -hmm. but also managing expectations for the younger generation, too. I love what you're doing. Now, how would you describe your leadership style? My leadership style? I would say I'm a listener. I love to listen to people's stories. And I think that's one of the qualities that's allowed me to be, quote unquote, successful in school. I'm a smart kid. And thankful to my parents for really hammering that into me at a young age. But what really helped me in college was listening to my professors when they talked. So mm -hmm. I was never one to cram three, four, ten hours before an exam. I would pay attention in class and I would listen to when a professor would emphasize a word or when a professor would emphasize a topic. And I would write that down. I would write a little star next to it. So I knew in my head that that would probably be a big portion of an exam. And that's something that students don't really pay attention to. And I don't know if it's just a unique skill that I have, but it's allowed me to really maximize my studying time so I don't have to spend hours upon hours when I can just spend two to three hours studying on one thing in increments, but very specific studying. Mm -hmm. And you're spot on when you say that listening is not a typical skill that people have. And you obviously have a talent in that and you continue to develop it, right? Because you have your podcast mm -hmm. and that's something where you, we have to practice listening all the time. But how important is listening to leadership? I think it's so important because if you're not listening, then you can't hear what your friends, what your coworkers are telling you. If someone who is working for you tells you, hey, Justin, I think that there's too much work on my plate. You've given me too much. But in your head, you've already thought of the rebuttal of like, oh, but you're watching Netflix too much or you're doing this and that. And you already think of that rebuttal. That doesn't allow you to listen. You might think that you're listening, but you're just listening to find the wrong in that person's answer. When you listen and you ask that person back, like, why do you think that? And then you can go through it. Maybe they're having failing problems. Maybe they've got too much on their plate because someone from another division of the department is giving them more work too. So then you can work with them there. But if you don't listen to that first step, then you would never know the underlining meaning of why that person is too busy or has too much on his plate. You know, Justin, I'm only up to the second question and you're amazingly wise for your years. <laughs> I mean, how old are you, Justin? I'm turning 23 later this year. Now, I usually don't ask that question, <laughs> but I felt it was safer. No worries, wow. no worries. So wise beyond your years. To me, wisdom is very, very connected with humility and humility with listening. So it makes sense. Now, Justin, can you tell us which quote or quotes about leadership speak to you and why? I wouldn't say necessarily quotes about leadership because I don't spend too much time looking into leadership. But I would say one of the quotes that has defined my life and defined, I guess, my leadership qualities is that we overestimate what we can do in one year and we underestimate what we can do in 10. Why I say that affects my leadership because it affects the way that I look at people. It affects the way 
I can manage my expectations of people. You can probably look back in one year and say, wow, I didn't accomplish X, Y, and Z. But if you look at it from a big scale of five to 10 years, you can look back and say, wow, I've done a crap ton that I didn't really think that I would be able to do. That's what I mean by leadership, because when you look at it like that, you might be mad at someone in the short term, in the micro of like, oh, you didn't get this assignment done. But in the macro, you can look at the big picture of like, oh, that person's helped you do this huge project that helped you land this deal with this other company. And that'll make you happier than just angry at that one little moment of time. It sounds like you're very intentional about staying in the positive. Yeah, 100%. I don't think there's necessarily any time to waste on the negative. Like you should always look at the positive. Like why, why spend time on the negative? Like understand the problem that happened, figure out and try to solve that problem. But like dwelling on it, I don't think it really helps you. No, not at all. So can you tell us about a leader or person who inspired you? Like besides the cliche mom and dad, like my parents' story of how they came over here. They're both Vietnamese refugees. So they came over here when they were around 10 or 11 years old, left all their money, came over here, no money, found a way to give me an amazing living, helped me pay my way through college, etc. Like their story is amazing. But a person that everyone can kind of connect to is Gary Vaynerchuk. So he's a very loud personality. But what I would say is look past his swearing, look past his loudness, and you can see his true message of how he really wants to help people. And honestly, he's helped me because I didn't even know that like entrepreneurship was a thing growing up because it was never taught to me from my parents' perspective. They just thought like, okay, you're going to go to school, get a four-year degree, you're going to graduate, get a good job, and that's it. Through Gary Vaynerchuk's content, it allowed me to learn about entrepreneurship, learn about owning a business, and see this side of things. And that's why I think he's one of the greatest leaders that I look to on a day-to-day basis. So let's talk about how your parents initially responded to entrepreneurship. Oh, they weren't very happy, so to say. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so I initially, my freshman year of college, I went to school to be an athletic training major. So I was an athlete my whole life up through high school, but I broke my leg my junior year. So I, all of my college offers were kind of kicked off the table from that. So I was like, okay, let me do athletic training so I can stay within the sports realm and then ultimately probably get like a doctor's degree or something and work for a professional sports team or something. And then ultimately I hated the bios, the chems and all that. And my roommate was a business major. So with that, he told me about finance and that's how I got into the finance realm. Fast forward to last December, I graduated and I got a job doing consulting. And so this is like one of the most prestigious jobs that you can get, especially coming from a non-target school. It's really hard. And I told my mom that. And then about five to seven days later, I was like, mom, I don't think I'm going to take it. And from her perspective, like she's Mm -hmm. raised me, she's given me everything that I've ever needed in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she's like, why, why would you say no? Like, she loves stability because she understands. Of course, the, yeah. She, yeah, exactly. She understands the life of not being stable. And right. that's how she had to grow up. Right. So I understand her perspective of like wanting to give me the life that she never really have. And I'm empathetic to that. But at the end of the day, I needed to look at my personal life and say, 
what do I want? What is going to make me happy? Because I knew if I did take the corporate job and if I hated my life for the next 10, 20 years or so, that would reflect negatively on my relationship with my parents. So I had to make the sacrifice of my mom and dad not necessarily liking my decision, but Mm -hmm. I made a compromise of like, mom, let me do my own thing for this next six months to a year. If nothing begins to like show a promise, then I'll go get that job because I know I can get that job. So that was a little compromise that we made, but she is still on the fence about it, but she understands where I'm coming from with it. And I remember watching when you made this announcement that you were going to turn down that offer. And as a parent, I mean, I was very proud of you because I'm an entrepreneur as well. And I look at it, I'm like, yes. And, but I also, as a parent and also a Gen Xer, it was a little, you know, okay, all right, we're taking a risk here. So I can relate to that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Of course. Now, Justin, what's the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I've ever received, and I think this is great for teachers to tell their students too, is keep tasting as many things as possible. And what I mean by that is just trying as many things in your life, especially when you're young, because you don't know what you don't know. So for instance, with me, I didn't know about entrepreneurship. I didn't know about content creation. I didn't know about LinkedIn. But once I tried it, I got familiar with it. I found out that it's something that I loved. And that's why I still am doing it today. And if I had never tried anything in my life, and I just listened to the people around me telling things, then I would probably still be going down the doctor path. And I would probably not necessarily love the life that I live. I'd probably be making a good living, but not necessarily love and be fulfilled with what I wanted to do. And if you look at it in terms of like tasting food, right? I'm a big foodie. I love food. And I'm never one to not try food, no matter how bad it looks, no matter how ugly it looks, I will always try it because I never know if I'll love it. Mm -hmm. And it's allowed me to try so many amazing foods, allowed me to travel to so many places. And it's also allowed me to find the path and the journey that I'm on today. Mm -hmm. So that's the best piece of advice I can tell people is just like, keep tasting things because you never know what you like. What would you tell someone who wants to do it, but is fearful? It's the hardest thing. And I would say you have to figure out a way to press that green button. And what I mean by that is I had an internship at an insurance company. And basically our job was to just cold call all day and try to sell insurance. And it was a terrible internship in terms of like the work that I had to do. But the mindset that it gave to me of, okay, let me type in this number. The hardest part is pressing that green button. Once you press that green button, it's easy. It's easy to talk to someone. But the hardest part isn't typing in the number, isn't talking to the person, but it's pressing that green button. And it's the same thing as public speaking. It's the same thing as doing a big project. The planning isn't the hardest part. The execution isn't necessarily the hardest part. It's that first jump, that first leap. That's the hardest part. And you have to cultivate that mindset of like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to try it. And you only get that mindset from doing it. Hmm. Again, you know, you're blowing me away with your wisdom. And especially at such a young age. Some people are my age and older and still don't get this. So I love that it's coming from you, from the mouth of babes, even though you're not a babe, you're an adult. (laughs) 
Hey leaders, stay tuned for the rest of the interview following this brief message. If you haven't downloaded your copy of the Master Leadership Journal, go to masterleadership.org forward slash MLJ to get instant access and begin growing your leadership with questions that have been curated by top level leaders. I've also included some cool extras for you at masterleadership.org forward slash MLJ. You know, you spoke a little bit about your company and what you do. Can you tell us how we can connect with you? Yeah, of course. So the most active I am on social media, you can connect with me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Everything is at Get Show Grind Up. So that's G-E-T-C-H-O-G-R-I-N-D-U-P. And from there, you can find links to the podcast, our website, etc. If you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, just look me up, Justin Wynn. Last name is N-G-U-Y-E-N. And uh, my profile picture is like myself, look for an Asian with a big face and a big mic in his face. (laughs) I love that picture. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, just look for that. Send me a connection. Let me know that this podcast sent you there and then we'd love to connect on a phone call or anything. So what kind of person are you looking to connect with? I'm not necessarily gearing it towards any specific industry. Mm-hmm. but it's anyone who's looking for a meaningful conversation. I love the topic of education and the education system as a whole. I think there's a lot of changes that are going to be made over the next five to 10 years just because of the technology and everything. I think mm-hmm. education might be one of the next industries to be quote unquote disrupted. And for anyone who has more insight on traditional education, how it all works. Because what I'm understanding is it's not how I thought it worked as a student. So I would love to just communicate with anyone who's in it, who knows about it, so that I can know myself for when that change does start to happen. And what kind of services do you provide? So I do a little bit of LinkedIn consulting right now just to kind of pay the bills. But ultimately, our biggest goal with Get Your Grind Up and the podcast is to host a conference it's kind of like an interactive career fair so that it's not your traditional career fair where you're just handing out resumes and hoping that you get a phone call, but rather an interactive one where there's going to be activities that you can do. You can actually meet the recruiter and not just a five or 10 second pitch. And there's going to be keynotes, a concert at the end, et cetera. So that's getting started to plan for next year. Mm-hmm. But just keep an eye out for that. It'll probably be called either Get Your Grind Up or Growing Up Young and Dumb. Perfect. All right. So Justin, can you tell us about a challenge that you've experienced and how it's shaped your life? One of the biggest challenges was when I broke my leg Mm. uh, my junior year. So a little more background on myself. I was probably putting anywhere between 30 to 50 hours a week playing soccer or like traveling for soccer, etc. From probably age 10 till age 18. So soccer was my life. I didn't have any work experience. I didn't have time to join any clubs after school. It was literally go to school, go home, take a 30 minute nap, go to practice, repeat for the next day. So when I broke my leg, my whole world basically got flipped upside down because I didn't know what I could do with my life. Like I knew I had good grades, but like it was never a thought that I would have to pay for college. It was never a thought that I would have to figure out a job offer upon graduation of college. I was just like, okay, I'm really good at soccer. I'm gonna go to college, I'll play soccer in college, and then I'll go play professional soccer. 
So when that hit me, it really made me take a step back and realize all the great things that soccer has taught me that doesn't necessarily just get left on the field. And what I mean by that is especially for anyone who's looking to switch industries or if you're a student and you're trying to change your major, it doesn't necessarily mean you're starting from scratch. There's always things, always skills that you've learned in one industry, one job, one class, et cetera, that you can transfer into whatever you're moving into. Mm. And once I figured that out, interviews, internships, et cetera, got so easy to do well in because even though I'd had zero work experience, I would find ways to leverage me being a leader on my soccer team or me even breaking my leg or anything like that in my interviews to get those first internships. So then I had job experience for another industry, et cetera. And I love how you can connect that to your growth in general, because I do believe that adversity can help us grow. 100%. I think it stinks when it happens. Yeah. Uh, no one likes to go through adversity. But um, when you get through it, you get over that hump. It's a great world on the other side. Fantastic. So well said. Now, Justin, can you tell us about one of your greatest successes so far? Uh, greatest successes? Honestly, I think one of my greatest successes revolves around when I was playing soccer when I was a kid. Because no matter how much money I can make on a deal or um, walking across that stage for graduation, whatever it is, I think this moment really is one of the pinnacle moments of my life. I've been working so hard and we were in the State Cup final. And on the other side of the field was the number one team in the nation at the time. And the goalkeeper takes a, a goal kick and I'm at half field and I hit it first time on first time volley and it goes over the goalkeeper's head yes and it was like it gives me goosebumps now and every time i think about it it gives me goosebumps and people are always like but you've done so much you're a linkedin campus editor you've had viral videos etc and i'm like yeah but honestly nothing has shaped my life more nothing has given me more satisfaction than that goal just because of how much soccer meant to me at the time how much beating the number one team in the nation felt to me how bad of a rivalry Beachside was to West Hartford premiere. So it's like, it's like a movie. It, it was like a movie. <laughs> Honestly, it was like a movie and you couldn't put a price on that. Like even if I become a billionaire one day, I don't think any moment will really surpass that moment because it is simply amazing. What yeah, I, think I, can, I can see the movie now. One of those inspirationals. You, you never know. <laughs> All right. All right, Justin. Many leaders describe themselves as lifelong learners. What does that mean to you? And what are you learning now? Always being a student. That, that's what it means. Always listening and always being a student. I graduated in December, but I would say I'm still learning. The top things on the top of my head right now are the education system because of what we're trying to do with Get Your Grind Up and the podcast, as well as esports. I think esports is in a really interesting position and I think it's going to really explode over the future. It's going to continue its growth that it's had now and it's just getting started. When you look at the numbers of the amount of hours that are watched on Twitch compared to YouTube and Netflix, it's crazy. And the older generations don't realize this, but the younger generations do because they're the ones that are doing all the watching. 
So tell us about esports. So esports is professional video gaming, basically.、Mm-hmm. Um, right now, Overwatch League is probably one of the biggest leagues out there. I think right now, if you want to start a team, it's like a ten million dollar investment or something crazy like that. And it would seem like watching ten guys playing mainly guys because that's what the industry is right now. Playing a video game on ten computers against each other wouldn't really be that eventful, so to say.、Mm-hmm. But when you sit in the atmosphere and you're watching the passion, it really makes sense because when you think、too. about, I mean, you're connecting with other people on different levels. Exactly. When you take a step back, right? If、mm-hmm. you're going to an NBA basketball game, I would probably say ninety percent of people that are going to that game. Don't necessarily care about basketball.、Mm-hmm. They care about the experience that they're having, the、mm-hmm. family members that they're with, watching an exciting moment. Right? That's what NBA teams sell. They don't sell LeBron James. They sell the experience of going to a Lakers game, the crowd that's cheering, the people that you're with, the person that's sitting next to you that you never even know who they are. The beer that gets dropped on you because the guy behind you goes crazy off of a dunk. That same atmosphere is built in esports. I've gone to a couple of esports events now,、mm-hmm. and it's just getting started. Like I think the Overwatch League last year sold out the Staples Center in like a couple minutes,、mm-hmm. and people don't realize that. I think the number of hours that are streamed on Twitch is more than Netflix, Hulu. And Amazon's Prime, like combined、mm-hmm. or something crazy like that. Wow! You never really hear about Twitch, right? So, I never heard of Twitch. Yeah, and in terms of like the monetary aspect of it,、mm-hmm. some of these Overwatch League players, the Dota Two players, etc., are getting paid millions of dollars every year. I know the NBA Two K League; they're on for a six month salary with benefits for thirty five k a year, and most of these kids are like seventeen to twenty two years old, and then. EMLS is getting started to start paying their players. Ninja makes like five hundred thousand dollars a month just from streaming, not even sponsorships and such. So it's crazy in terms of the amount of dollars on there. But it's something that I would really recommend people start looking into, especially if your kid plays a lot of video games. Seeing if they're good enough, a because obviously it's just like any other sport, you have to be good.、Mm-hmm. But there's also like a huge upside to it if they are. Great. If there was something you could change in education, what would that be? I would say make it more interactive.、Uh, and I know, I know it's tough, right? And I know that's a kind of like a general statement. But what I've realized is, information nowadays—you can find information everywhere. What I got out of college wasn't necessarily the book knowledge. That I got out of there, like it was good. I got it, great. But the most important part that I think would make a college degree valuable is the connections that you make in your classes, the connections that you make with your professors, and the events that your university puts on. Because you never know who you'll meet at those events.、Mm-hmm. And that's whether you're in elementary school, middle school, high school, or college, etc. I think the most important part is that human side of it. Mm-hmm. That's where we learn the most, and yes, there's always a time and a place for the guy or girl who is a bookworm who loves studying and they know everything. But that's not the majority,、mm-hmm. and I think it's starting to shift now because of technology. It's allowing 
so much access to information that wasn't necessarily there before. Like my little cousins know how to work an iPhone more than I do. And like I grew up with the iPhone, right? Right, right. They're born with a chip. (laughs) It's crazy. And it's like a guy that we had on our podcast, he said it really well of like every generation learns quicker and quicker. Like if you look at it, the older generations, when they learned a lot of their stuff in like high school and college, nowadays you've got 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds making six figures because they know how to work the internet in the way that they're flipping Jordans on eBay or they're selling slime through TikTok and Instagram or just crazy things like that that haven't really been possible except with the access to internet. So it's going to be crazy how quickly little kids start learning nowadays. Yeah, I've experienced some of that where my son, he's 16, and he's talking about flipping things. Like, you know, I can buy for this much and sell it for this much. And I'm like, where where are you getting this? It it doesn't make sense. Even to me, like for instance, now, like me and my girlfriend, we'll do it for fun, but also for some income. We'll every Saturday, we'll wake up early and we'll go to garage sales. Mm -hmm. And we'll make like two to $500 a weekend just by buying little things, looking it up on eBay, seeing what the price is, seeing what the demand is, and then just selling it on there. But that's like a 10-year-old can do that too. And that's what they're starting to do, which is, again, crazy. Right. And you know, you spoke about networking events, events where we can connect. Um, we attended the same event at Start at Up with Don Wetrick in New oh, York. Oh, the one in New York, right? Yep. That's right. Now, Justin, what have you read, watched, or listened to that our listeners should as well, and why? Hmm. I would say I don't read a lot, but this book really oh. caught my attention. It's called The Third Door. Have you ever heard of it? No, I haven't. So The Third Door, it's by a guy named Alex Benayan. And his journey just really resonated with me because he's born to, I believe, Persian and Jewish parents. So he says that he had doctors stamped on his butt since the day he was born. He's going to USC his freshman year and he's staring at the ceiling and he's like, this is not the journey for me. And he's got exams the next day. And all of a sudden he sees someone post on Facebook that The Price is Right is hosting an episode just for students tomorrow. So then he makes a decision to stay up all night and study, but not for his exams. Instead, he's going to hack the prices right and win it. And he's going to take the money and go on this adventure of trying to interview the Bill Gates, the Oprahs, the Maya Angelou's of the world. Craziest thing is, he actually does it. He wins like over $100,000 and he finds a way to interview Bill Gates, finds a way to interview Steve Wozniak, Maya Angelou. And the list goes on and on. And the book really talks about how he's able to get these interviews. And the reason he calls it the third door is because of a philosophy that he came up with, which is there's usually three ways to get into a club. The first way is the front entrance. You're waiting in line. Who knows how long it's going to take? Who knows if you're going to get in? That's a general entrance. The second one is VIP. So if you're a very important person, you'll just get right in. You get to stroll right through the line. You go right in. But what people don't realize is there's always a third door, the back door where you're, you find the back door, you jump over a fence, you bang on the door as many times as possible. Hopefully that someone hears you and that's how you get in. And that philosophy has really resonated with myself and my team with the podcast because that's how we get all of our guests on. It's not because we have a reputation. We started off with none. 
But the way we got it was through Instagram DMs, LinkedIn DMs, et cetera, where we just reached out to these people numerous times that sometimes, like my girlfriend will send 100 to 200 DMs sometimes to just reach someone. And that's how we get them on. Wow. You can also sneak through the back. Exactly. Right? And build and all of a sudden, hey, where did, this, where did this person come from? Now, Justin, you have a challenge. Tell us about your challenge. And this is why you're on because you reached out to me to get on the podcast because you have a challenge. Tell us about that. Yeah. So the challenge is 30 podcasts in 30 days. And it really came from a guy that I met and I hopped on a phone call with him called Jordan Gross. And he's trying to do 90 podcasts in 90 days, but he was smarter in that he set the date out in advance. So like, I don't think he's starting until May and he's trying to go through July, but that gives him time to find podcast hosts, find people who have podcasts and find time to record it. The problem that I'm running into is people are either backlogged or they've got too much on their plate. So they're not recording right now. And I didn't really think this through. So I think I'm on. I'm on a, we learn, right? Yeah, what, no, what, we learn. What day are we on? I've got about yeah. 11 days and I think I'm on probably podcasts. 13 or 14. So I've got a long way to go. But what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to also include the podcast that I'm producing myself, Mm -hmm. because technically I am on a podcast. So with that number, that brings me to about 21. That's your backdoor, Justin. That's my backdoor. So it's a little bit of cheating, I know. But just because of all the things that have kind of come up, this event that we're trying to plan is really hectic. But I'm still going to try to get being on 30 podcasts in 30 days. But it has been a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> well, I'm so happy that you reached out to me. And I really am honored to have you on the podcast. So thank you. No, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> so Justin, what do you do on a daily basis to set your mind for all the responsibilities you have? So when I'm really good about it, what I'll do is I have a little notebook. I'll write down my goals for the day like little small ones, it'll be like, send these emails out or interact on LinkedIn for an hour or do this podcast episode, etc. And the reason I do that is because what I've realized is I'm a very momentum type of guy. And I like to build my momentum, whether it's on the soccer field, and I need to make a few small passes before going for the long ball, or if it's in business, and I'm trying to send an email to a Gary Vaynerchuk level person. So I want to send five emails to someone who might be more responsible in terms of emailing back because they probably aren't as busy as Gary. Mm -hmm. So that's how I like to warm up to things. Maybe that's just because I'm an athlete and that's how athletes' minds kind of work. But being able to physically see that I can check something off of my list, it helps me out a ton. Yeah. And I know a lot of us who do that, we have checklists and it does give us momentum, especially if we're up early in the morning. It just sets the day. Now, Justin, if you were to go back in time, what advice would you give the younger you about leadership? And I'm thinking, what, what, five years old? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. I would try to tell them to keep testing things. Mm-hmm. because again, it's going to be a recurring theme where I just tell people to test things because I didn't have that growing up. That's the one mindset that I lacked. And I think having that mindset has allowed me to become a better leader just because I understand different walks of life because I have tested things. And that's what I 
encourage people to do, whether it's going to travel to a third world country, if you're trying to travel the world, whether it's eating different types of food so that when you interact with someone who's from that culture, you have something to talk about. All these little things that you don't realize until something happens and you can say that you went somewhere or you can say that you tried that food or something like that. It works wonders in the networking, interaction, the connecting world. And ultimately, that's what leadership is. It's all about connecting. Mm -hmm. If you can connect as a leader, I don't think there are many leaders out there that are doing well unless they connect with people. Now, you mentioned that you weren't like this when you were younger. When was it that you shifted? I would say a big moment was when I broke my legs in my junior year okay. of high school. Okay. But I would say in terms of like testing things, it really came when I started seeing Gary Vee's content. So that was probably around freshman, sophomore year of college. Okay. So about four or five years ago. Great. Now, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Anyone who's out there who's a parent, I would say be open to whatever your child is telling you and listen to them. because times are changing a lot quicker than even when I was growing up, right? When I was growing up, one iPhone a year, that was a big improvement. Now you've got several different iterations of cell phones coming out in a year. Imagine what a child's brain is going through in terms of the different industries that are popping out, all the YouTube videos that they're watching, the Twitch streamers that they're watching, etc. So take that into consideration. Be empathetic for them too and try to understand their side before saying something that you think is right. Listen to their side. That's powerful advice, Justin, considering I have a teenager. I know every, it's hard. Every, every it's day, hard. yeah, he primes my leadership. But I love him to death. And, you know, I think taking a step back and listening and also asking them, show me how you do that. I think that's important. Exactly. I really you got you got to ask questions because yeah. I understand from the parent side of like you since you don't know things it can be I guess a little scary. Yes, yes. But when you probe a little bit and not asking like oh how are you going to make money or like how is this going to give you a living but ask like why do you like it? What about video gaming is fun? What about Fortnite makes you want to turn it on every single day? Mm -hmm. Because when you start to ask those questions It'll make more sense to you. For instance, we had a guy named Mikey B come on to our podcast and he's a teacher and he raps. So he connects with his students through rapping. And I challenged him and I was like, so let's say I'm a student in your class. I think he teaches sixth grade and I don't want to go to college. I just want to drop out of high school and play Fortnite all day. And he said, okay, talk me through it. Why do you like Fortnite? How do you think you're going to succeed in Fortnite? And I said, well, I think I'm going to succeed in Fortnite because I'm going to go pro. I'm going to stream on Twitch like Ninja. And then he goes, okay, do you understand the mindset that you have to achieve something like that, of being able to write down goals and ultimately achieve those goals? And I said, hmm, probably at sixth grade, I probably would understand that. Mm -hmm. So that's how he then converted it to doing homework. Because mm -hmm. he said, if you do homework, that's a little way that you can set a goal for yourself accomplish it so then you can play Fortnite later and that'll cultivate the mindset that you need to later succeed in pursuing a Fortnite career etc if you drop out of high school or middle school right now then you'll never get that mindset when you're able to place it into a child's head of using the words that they use towards a career that they want 
that's how you can get them to do things that they might not necessarily like. It's a great way to end the interview. I want to thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. Thank you for having me on. Well, have a great day. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, leaders. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.